what's happening party people welcome back to it today's episode is part one of two of conversation i had with one of my favorite sports figures one of my favorite cross players coach chaz woodson in part one we talked about the importance of coaching uh leader development and the processes that he uses and some of the things we have in common on how he develops his players, his team, and the environment around him. Part two comes and talks about some of the work that he's doing, the organization that he's a part of, and the importance of it, and how all of that ties together. You know, with all the stuff that's going on now in, in society, on the news, and you know, in our lives, I think this was an important conversation to have. We had it before, you know, all this stuff kicked off, but the conversation was uh, and still is relevant to who we are as black men, as black coaches and lacrosse players. Him more than me because of his impact on the game, but it was an important conversation to have to keep developing young people, to develop leaders and continue to develop ourselves as coaches. Sit back and enjoy the conversation. I hope you learned something just like I did. Part one, Coach Chaz Woodson. All right, party people, welcome back. This is Tuesdays and Thursdays Leadership Sessions, and I'm your host, Damian L. Butler. This episode, I have a very special guest, somebody that I'm uh, truly excited to talk about. On our version of success stories today, we have, uh, in my mind, what I call the legendary Coach Chaz Woodson. Coach Chaz Woodson is uh, one of the most exciting lacrosse players to watch. One of my favorite players. He's also an accomplished educator, coach, and leader. Coach Woodson graduated from Brown University with a degree in education and studies of human development. And he also holds a master's degree in coaching and athletic administration from Concordia University in Irvine. As a player, he was a two-time All-New England and All-Ivy League selection played several years in Major League Lacrosse. During his uh, professional tenure, he was the co-captain of the Ohio Machine, two-time All-Star, and made multiple appearances on ESPN Sports Center Top 10. He was an inaugural member of the Premier Lacrosse League's Redwoods Lacrosse Club. He resides in Miami, Florida, where he's the head coach of Ransom Everglades Varsity Lacrosse Team. He is a co-founder and coaching director of Nation United Lacrosse, a lacrosse club program for, founded to showcase and increase diversity in the sport through high-level competition. He is also a board member for U.S. Lacrosse. Welcome to Tuesdays and Thursdays Leadership Sessions. Man, thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the time. This is uh, definitely something I wanted to... I've, I've, I've been trying to figure out how to make this happen. Love it. Ready to dig in. So the five W's. Who, who you are, what you do, where you're from, when you started, and why you do it. You can take them in any order, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you tell your story, and I'll ask questions later. All right, bet. So uh, let's, let's just work through them. Uh, the who, Chaz Woodson. Um, I, I guess I should start since we're talking lacrosse. Start start with my father, right? So I'm 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 a son, uh, and uh, my father was raised in Brooklyn, grew up there, went on to play lacrosse. Oh, excuse me, went on to play football at Middlebury College, um, and and was convinced by one of his teammates to play lacrosse. 
Um, and so he played for one year. That was it. Um, played one year in college, fell in love with the game. Wasn't very good, but fell in love with the game. And, uh, you know, without without getting too deep into the story right now, because I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on parts of it, but, um, you know, he, he, he moved on to coaching and uh, first playing, um, playing men's league out in California where I was born and then uh, coaching in Virginia when we moved there. And, uh, and that's how I got involved with the game. And, and fortunately, it's, it's been something that's provided me a lot of opportunities. Um, I played from fourth grade, organized lacrosse from fourth grade all the way through my senior year of high school in the college, four years at Brown, and then professionally for uh, 13-ish years, something like that. And, um, and here I am coaching, you know, this, the cycle continues and, um, and giving back to the game and, and, and doing what I can to use the platform that the game has provided me. So that's, that's who I am uh, right there. And, um, or at least the first part of who I am, I guess the next part would be, um, you know, I'm, I'm an educator. I, I always knew I wanted to go into education. I went into Brown University knowing that that's what I wanted to study, um, stuck to it probably a little too closely. You know, if I could go back, I, I probably would branch out a little bit. Um, but finished up with an ed degree, did some teaching in college, and um, got the opportunity to move to Miami to teach, which is where I always wanted to move. Had real, no real reason to move to Miami other than uh, warm, warm, <laughs> warm weather, sunshine, palm trees. I know what you're thinking. Uh, it actually didn't really factor in. Uh, it, it certainly is a bonus, but... <laughs> But, uh, but I just really, I, I always wanted to be in the warm weather. Like, I, I think if I hadn't played lacrosse, the first thing I would have told my college counselors, I want to go to Florida, somewhere in Florida. I want to go where the warm weather is. And that's what I would have done. So I, I always had this, this set in my head that I was moving to Miami at some point. And, um, and, and I, I made it happen. So that's, that's the who, the where is. I grew up in Virginia, um, born in California, raised in Virginia, uh, in Norfolk, Virginia. And then uh, spent my senior year of high school in just outside of Charlottesville, and uh, obviously four years in Brown, at Brown, and then down here. So um, I've been here, I can say, almost half my life, which is was very strange to think about. Um, but here I am in Miami, and uh, there we go. So now I got the I got the who I got the sort of the what uh, I got the where. The why. What else? The why. The why. Chaz There's Woodson, probably... like I said, one of the, the lacrosse, top lacrosse players. What I, what I did not say okay. is, for me, I mean, you were one of the first people that stood out to me when I started studying lacrosse. Because I picked the game up late. Late, late. I mean, I was an adult. I came back from my uh, first tour in Iraq, well, my first tour overseas for uh, Iraq. And I just needed a hobby. And I read uh, Nelson Mandela's book, and he said the best way to turn an enemy into a friend is to learn their favorite sport and beat him at it. I don't have very many enemies, and I just I needed a new sport. So to make some new right. friends, I will learn how to play. I'm gonna turn this volume up to so make sure I pick it up on the recorder. Oh no, that's just because I read a lot. That's all. I, I, I'm just stealing it and dropping it all. But I needed something to do, and I've yeah. always been around the game. But when I started looking up you know, Googling lacrosse and the game of lacrosse. And, and we're definitely going to talk more about what the game looks like, especially when you Google it. 
But, you know, I'm maybe trying to find out what lacrosse is and, okay, black people don't play lacrosse. You were one of the three people that came up in those internet searches. And yeah, well, and, and so that's as, that's actually really interesting. Um, and, and I wonder, but before I, before I get into what I'm wondering, uh, thank you for your services, brother. I didn't know you were in the service. Yeah, I'm retired now, all done. That's what for the branch? young folks. Yeah, what branch? I started in the Air Force and switched over to the Army. Okay. Yeah, I got a lot of family uh, that that is serving or has served. In fact, my uh, my father was in the Air Force, uh, which is why he was in California, which is why I was born there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious. What You say I was one of the top searches when, when you looked that up. What About what year was that? How long ago was that? Uh, 07, 08 time frame makes that makes a lot of sense okay just curious about that so so the why i mean depends on 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 which why you want and 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 how far back you want to go but my my why i got involved with lacrosse like i said because my father played and he loved the game i was around the game especially when he was coaching um you know he coached football and lacrosse primarily when i was young Uh, he coached a lot of things he coached baseball he coached me in baseball he coached actually for one year. He was one of my basketball coaches. Uh, he coached softball, so, like, but that's what he did, right? And um, you know, a good coach can pretty much coach anything. And um, but I was around him all the time. Any anything sports related, I was I was I was for it. And because he was a teacher, um, I was always around those those kids, those athletes. Um, so those were the guys that I really looked up to when I was younger. It wasn't, I mean, obviously I'm a Jordan fan and, you know, that type of deal. Um, so I had my, my pro heroes, but on a daily basis, the guys I looked at were the guys that played high school football, okay. the guys that played high school basketball, the guys who played high school lacrosse. Those were the guys I wanted to be like. Those were the guys I modeled myself like. I, like, I, I spent way too many hours perfecting a run somebody's running form that was terrible but he was cool and he looked cool when he was running and 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 it's funny how that works like you know when you're a little kid the the things that you work on well anybody the things that you work on right like reps after reps after reps you start to get it down and i was doing completely the wrong thing but i felt so cool doing it and really what it boiled down to was like this dude was running down the field i can i can picture it right now and it was lacrosse, not uh, maybe football too. But I remember in lacrosse, this kid was playing midfield, running down the field, and he was running fast, and his his shirt was flapping. Right, <laughs> so I was like, shoot, I got to get my shirt to flap. That's how I got like, that was how I thought. I was like, that's the dude. I need to do what he's doing, so I look like him. And and so that's what I did. So I spent all my time trying to be like those those guys that I saw. Um, my split dodge, I, I developed that for obviously basketball and all that type of stuff factors in, but I modeled my split dodge after watching Drew McKnight, who was, uh, you know, arguably the best player to ever play at our school, or at least top two or three at my high school, went on to play at Virginia. Um, but like, that was the dude. So that's who I was like, if if I'm going to be good. I got to do what he's doing. Um, so that's a long way of saying 
um, I, I played lacrosse in sports because I loved it, but I, I, I really got into it because the guys that I looked up to were, were I was around them all the time and, and they, they enjoyed the sports. Um, and my dad enjoyed coaching it. So, so that's what I did. Um, certainly more fun to me than reading books and doing homework and you, you know, part of my story. So, you, you know, that, that came back to bite me at some point, but long run, it worked out. Um, but that's the why at the beginning. Right. And so I was always involved with sports and always involved with lacrosse. I loved it. Um, but again, that's another long winded say way of saying, I really wanted to be a basketball player. And if I had my, uh, choice that's what i would have pursued collegiately but i also was smart enough and and well guided enough to know that you know the education component mattered and i wanted to uh get the best education i could and uh lacrosse was was the best way for me to do that lacrosse provided me an opportunity educationally that i wouldn't have had through basketball because i just wasn't that great um i was i was okay but I wasn't great. Lacrosse, I was great f- for what I thought at the time. Uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, and I, I love going back and looking at old film because it remind as a coach, it reminds me to temper my expectations. It reminds me to to okay. to, to to keep it at the forefront of, of my thoughts that these guys are 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. Right, they're they're not stud lacrosse players, and you weren't the stud lacrosse player that you thought you were. Um, you know, because as coaches, we, we know what the game, especially if we've been around it a while, we know what the game's supposed to look like, and we know what it felt like when we were doing it the right way. But uh, and, and and that's what we set our expectations based on. But we don't we don't feel what it was like in high school. We feel what we thought we felt in high school. All right. Feel what we thought we knew. Um, so I love going back and looking at film and, and saying, "Wow, man, that was that was bad lacrosse." And sometimes I bring that film in; it's all grainy and cut up. And every now and then I show show my guys just little clips because, you know, it, it's healthy for them to see that you know, okay, coach, coach wasn't always where we think he is now, right? And it's and it's helpful for me as a coach to again realize, look, they're going to make mistakes. They're not going to run as hard as you think uh, you ran, because you didn't run that hard either. Either you didn't you didn't chase to the midline in every ride. You didn't get your nose down on every ground ball. You know, you didn't you didn't put a pass on on a guy's ear all the time. So yeah, that's and that's know. real. And and from a coaching standpoint, you have to be in tune with why your players are out there, because everyone's got their own reason. And, and if you can't connect with them and, and, and their reasoning, you're, you're either one, going to lose them, or two, you're going to be beating your head into a wall all the time trying to, trying, to, trying to get them to do something that is not really their goal in the first place. Um, for me, create a culture that, that gets kids, no matter what they, um, no matter what their ultimate why for being out there is, create a culture that that prompts them to want to buy into what we're doing right not every kid wants to be the star not every kid to be honest with you cares about paying uh playing time they all want to play like there's nobody that goes out there and doesn't want to get in the game 
but some of them are very realistic about where right. they stand. Right. Um, in fact, I have found more often than not, it's parents that are concerned about playing time more than the kids. Um, but, but the kids all know their why for being there. They know the work that they have put in, the work that they haven't put in. Um, and most of the time, they're pretty realistic with themselves, at least in my experience. Um, but you still have to be able to connect with them. You still have to create a, a, a culture that that prompts them to want to be there on a daily basis. Because if, if you're all about winning and they're not all about winning, then you're, you're out of alignment and why do they want to come to practice each day? Right? There, there's got to be an element of enjoyment that makes them want to be there despite the fact that they may not play as much, despite that they're not as good as the next player. You know, it, it's never about how you connect with, well, to some degree, I should say, uh, it, it is important to connect with one to 15, but it's, it's also important to connect with 16 to 20, 16 to 25, you know, the, the, those kids that are lower on that depth chart, right? And that's how you get better, right? If you can get 16 to 20 to be as good as one to 15, now you're doing all right. And then your next task becomes getting 20 to 25 to be up with, you know, 16 and 20. Um, so I said I wasn't going to spend a lot of time on that, but uh, one of the things that came up uh, or, or why I came up with the, the, the video thing and thinking back and looking back at my old clips, um, you know, I was having a conversation with my assistant coach about that stuff. And, um, and he pointed out, he said, you know what? I've been trying to coach me and, and, and they're not me. And, you know, he's, he's a guy, I love him. He works his tail off um, and, and is unbelievably passionate about the sport. Um, but he's very realistic about, you know, what his skill level was, where he played, yada, yada, yada. But he's also, he's also driven. Like, so when he tells me that he worked his tail off trying to play, bless you. there's nothing about that that surprises me because he works his tail off coaching. And so, but he's like, there was never a time when I didn't run my balls off. There was never a time where I didn't go after a ground ball. I, I might not have gotten it. I might've gotten knocked on my butt, but I went after it every time. But not every kid is like that, right? And, and you know, you can pull that out of some, but some, some kids, that's not who they are. That's not their personality. That's not a knock on them. They can still enjoy the game, right? So, uh, I, I think culture creating is is huge in that regard, um, but but keeping in mind, like I said, why? What's everybody else's why? We're talking about my why for being involved in the game, but what's the kids' why? You know, and and how can you tap into that, and how can you help them fulfill that? Because yeah, sometimes I, kids still need coaches to help them fulfill that why. And that that's even, one of the things if, that we try to. For, for team bonding and, and that man, that's why yeah. we still do the zooms I mean, we haven't been on the field yeah. and, and our whole season's gone we we never we we never played a game but we still yeah. you know have a core group of, of players that come on and we hang out for you know an hour and a half on a wednesday to, to talk lacrosse and and other stuff just what's going mm -hmm. on what do we look what are you looking for so it team building and and developing a culture is huge you know those are those are 
priorities for me as a coach as well. Yeah. And right. we just want to develop. We want to learn to cut. We want to learn to pass and, and control ground balls. So it's like the, the expectations, that, that's huge. I mean, you say, yeah. I, I wrote that down because it's like I, I'm, I have big expectations of what I want to do. I want to go out, I want to win. But at the same time, some of these you know, players are just coming out to have a good time. So you mentioned like player and, and, and team development and, and how, you know, being a model and all that kind of stuff. So how, how does that work for you as far as the leadership aspect of coaching and educating? Where, where does that, what's, what's the Woodson way? I look at it like this. I, I, I'm an educator um, by trade. I'm a, a mentor by choice. And that's how I approach this. To me, and I think in educating, I always separate from teaching too, right? Teaching has a timeline. You start at 745, whatever the time is, eight o'clock, whatever your school is and 315, the bell rings or four o'clock, you're off the clock or whatever, that's that's teaching. Educating doesn't have a window, doesn't have a time. Educating is all the time. And educating is through a, a, a number of different venues, right? Like I, I can educate being on the field. I don't have to be in a classroom. I don't have to have a class roster. I don't have to have uh, tools to educate, right? Like I don't have to have a, a, a stick. I don't have to have a medicine ball or a basketball or whatever. Um, so I so I believe in, in being an educator before a teacher. Okay. The mentoring component of that, I think, is what makes it lifelong. I think there's a there's a difference between mentoring and educating, but but they sort of weave in and out of each other. Um, but mentoring is lifelong, man. I I have had uh, in the last two weeks, three weeks, uh, one, two, two different calls with my high school coach and a handful of other text exchanges. Now I'm almost 20 years removed from playing for him. He, he retired from coaching in August, but we're still in touch. Um, that's mentoring. I, I, my assistant, the, the assistant coach from that school, Coach Duffy, who's also a, a good person to know in this sport. They're both great people to know in this sport. Coach Duffy wrote The Spirit and the Stick, um, and he wrote a sequel to it. Uh, I'm blanking on the name. You should know, but uh, it's worth checking out. Worth, worth having your players check out. Um, but he was my advisor in high school. When I was in college, he came up to New York. When I, I, I was in New York teaching, uh, I was doing a student teaching program the first semester of my junior year. I asked him to come up to New York and do a session with my kids. Just like that, he did. Absolutely, like no questions asked. But like that's mentoring, that's lifelong. Those are relationships. 
And that's what I think is so important to me in, in coaching and in mentoring. It's like you're building relationships that hopefully last for a lifetime. And you're building relationships that um, hopefully last to the point of I don't have to see you or be in communication with you for me to be able to pick up a phone and call you and share some good news or share some bad news or ask for some advice. We were on a call, I was on a call, a Zoom call uh, a few weeks ago now, uh, not quite a month ago, I don't think, uh, or maybe with, excuse me, with 40 years of players from my high school. Wow, that's serious. I think they were like, I don't remember the total number, but um, 40 years worth of like, it, it, four genera- or four decades worth of players on a Zoom call. We didn't all know each other, but we were all connected to this program and primarily to this one coach. That's what coaching is. That's what mentoring is, right? Like guys want to come back for that. Um, and so that's how I approach it. I, that's literally how I approach it. When I, when I show up each day, I want my players to know that I care about them, that I love them, that I have their best interests in mind, and that I'm going to work to make sure that they have the experience with this game that I had with this game so that ideally they stay involved. But number one, that this that the experience means something to them. That 10, 15, 20 years down the line, they, they can tell their kids about it. Or, or they can, you know, if they don't even want to talk lacrosse anymore, they can come back and say, coach, I'm glad I played for you. And I think uh, it's sunk in more in the last handful of years to me because my, uh, you know, that like all this crazy stuff that's happening in society right now. And um, I, I saw a post from, from a, a guy, one of the guys that was older than me that I looked up to who played for my father. I remember him saying, uh, I don't even remember what the post was, to be honest. I have no idea what the post was. But I remember his comment on the post. This was on Facebook saying that. He goes, that's why I'm so glad I played for guys like Tom York and and Coach Woodson. Because they taught us how to be young men. And it's like, wow, like that's, that's impactful. Right, and then Tom York, who's the the head football coach, my dad was an assistant there for however long. Um, Tom York passed away. I, this is probably about a month ago now, and and the number of people that that you know commented, reached out, you know, posted stories, posted quotes, like things that I had forgotten about that made me crack up, um, you know, or just reflect. It, it was unreal, but those those are the things that you know when when you're a good mentor, when you're a good coach, when you're a good person, when you're somebody that builds relationships, and you're somebody that people know you care about them. That's what happens, and so that's my philosophy behind coaching. I, I want people to uh, to know that I cared about them, and that I that I am for them for life. You know, one of the things my father always said as a coach, actually, this was my senior year. We got to we got to uh, Blue Ridge. One of my teammates 
asked him what it was like to coach his son. He said he asked him if it was harder or easier. I coach you all like I would coach him, so I don't have to worry about that. And and that has always stuck with me. Like I, so I don't have kids, but I, I coach my kids like I've been coached for the most part. And I'm very fortunate to have been coached by a lot of good coaches. Um, but also how, if I had kids, how I would want them coached. That's good stuff. I mean, that, that we have very, very similar philosophies. You know, I, I, I talk about being able to communicate, build relationships and be accountable. And those relationships last and, and people usually follow. Well, people don't follow people they don't like. So when, when you when you make a connection that that makes a difference and, and success can come from it. So that I, that, that's, huge. that's huge. So there you have part one with Coach Woodson. And as you see, the conversation goes to developing people, being around good people, creating a legacy, growing relationships, being able to communicate and understanding that the environment that you create as a leader is important to develop future leaders and to have an impact on your current followers, team members, uh, players, whatever it is, the organization that you're in and what impact you have. You know, creating the right environment matters and building strong relationships is how it all works. Leader development at its best. I mean, a, a lot of the things that, that coach had to say, I agree with. I do my best to implement in my spheres of influence to help people grow and create great environments. Part two is coming up and Coach Chaz Woodson talks about an environment that he is a part of, an organization that created uh, the meta need within the sport of lacrosse and has had great success. The Nation United is an organization that uh, listen to part two and we'll talk more about what the Nation United is. So that's it for part one. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something. See y'all shortly on part two. This is Damien L. Butler. Tuesdays and Thursdays, Leadership Sessions. We're out.